Good morning and welcome to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage, providing nationwide, world-class customer service right here in the Mile High City. I'm Joe Massey, along with my co-host, Catherine Gutierrez, providing you with more than 20 years of experience in mortgage lending. We are here to share inside knowledge and experience of the home buying and refinance process. We have a great guest in the studio this morning, Jackie White with Your Castle Real Estate. Very excited to have you on the show. Jackie, good morning. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me again. So glad you're here. Catherine, good morning. How are you today? Doing good. Love Saturdays here. Of course. Well, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on with the show today. Yeah, we're going to be kind of reviewing, discussing, like making a transition from city life to the foothills life. So Jackie is expert in the foothills. So we're going to touch on what she's expert in. She's been doing this for five plus years now. Very successful. Um, so just again, just touching on um, moving from Denver, inner city life to foothills. Um, life. So it's going to be a great topic. And then we're also going to be um, discussing the free event that's going on in Colorado this weekend. You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT brought to you by Castle and Cook Mortgage. For any questions, give us a call 303 303- 809-7769. All right. Again in the studio this morning, very excited to have Jackie White with Your Castle Real Estate. Any listeners out there that have questions about buying a home up in the mountains or maybe selling a property up in the mountains, you can reach Jackie at 720-475-6111. And as a reminder, Castle & Cook Mortgage and Your Castle Real Estate are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to work with one participant in order to work with the other. Well, Jackie, I'm so glad you're back again in the studio. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your background, kind of how you got started in real estate. Yeah, sure. So I actually started out as an investor in, I think, 2012. Feels like forever ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's gone by in a blink of an eye. And um, I had a lot of friends and family asking me about, hey, how do I you know, build my wealth or you know, buy rental properties, fix and flips? And I thought, gosh, I think I'm giving away a lot of business here. So I ended mm-hmm. up getting licensed in 2014. So been in business over five years. Um, you know, had a lot of good fortune of being able to work with a lot of clients over the last five years. And, um, you know, I still do a ton of stuff in Denver. A lot mm-hmm. of my investment uh, work is in that area just because the numbers make sense. But living yeah. up in the foothills, I do a ton of work up there, too. So I um, just know the area really well and um, do a lot of work up in the you know Evergreen, Conifer, Morrison, Golden area. Absolutely. And that's really a unique market that we're going to talk a lot about. I've done some transactions up there in the area, and I think it's super important to have an experienced agent up there in the mountains. What do you think, Catherine? Absolutely. I definitely agree. Um, again, it's all in Colorado, but it's just a different transaction, different things you need to look out for in the transaction. Like some people have propane and gas that you don't think of when you're buying in Denver in the city. So having a professional like Jackie is really key when purchasing in the mountains. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I see it a lot too when I have a home that it's for sale. And then the other side of the transaction, I've got you know what we refer to as a city agent and someone mm-hmm. that knows that area really well, but they come up to the foothills and they stumble a little bit and may not be doing the best service for their clients. So absolutely need to make sure you're working with someone that's a mountain area specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So I know you have a lot of clients that you know maybe live in Denver, downtown Denver, Aurora, and then eventually they move up in the world, get to a level they can afford Conifer, Bailey, Evergreen, and they call you and say, hey, I want to move up to the foothills or up to the mountains. What are some of the common reasons why that folks like to move up there? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The last couple of years, I've seen this trend quite a bit, especially in the last year. And um, I think what's happening is a lot of folks from the Denver suburbs are reaching out to me because they know I work in the foothills and they're saying, geez, you know, Denver is just getting so crowded. There's so many people moving here. The traffic is bad. I think we just want a change of pace and we want to do something different. And so they reach out to me and they're really looking for something, you know, up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times you can feel down in Denver, like I'm right on top of my neighbors Mm -hmm. or, you know, I can hear their dog barking right next door. 
you don't necessarily have that if you buy the right property in the foothills. No, you know, what's great about up in the mountains is most people are on at least an acre. So you do have some breathing room from your neighbors, which is great. You know, it's something where you've got a little bit of elbow room. Um, you're not sitting on top of your neighbor who you don't necessarily hear what they're doing. But, you know, uh, contrary to that, um, people kind of keep to themselves. So you do have to make a little bit more of an effort to make friends and meet your neighbors. Uh, but it is a great, peaceful place to live. Yeah. Now you've lived in, you live in Conifer, right? Yeah, I'm in the Conifer area. Okay. Yep. How long have you lived there? So I moved to Colorado in 2007. So I've been in the foothills for you know over a decade. Oh, so you moved there right away. Yes. All right. Yeah. And what do you and your family love about it? Now, I know, but tell our listeners, what, <laughs> yeah. what are your favorite yeah. parts of that area? You know, what's great about the mountains is it is kind of a different pace. Um, and there's a lot of pros to living up there. So, you know, if you're lucky, you can be in house with really awesome views. I'm really fortunate um, that I've got views of Mount Evans. So that's just wonderful to be able to wake up every morning and see that. Um, you know, what's great also is the larger lots. You know, I don't think I could go back to living in a regular neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, we've got two acres. And so we've got room for my kids and my dog just to kind of explore. And we do have neighbors around, but, you know, we get a little bit of breathing room. Um, you know, it's just a really great place to live. Mm -hmm. Now, what about that? The flip side maintenance, you have two acres. Now mm -hmm. we all know that I don't really have any outdoor <laughs> space that I have to take care of. Uh, how is that on the flip side? You've got maintenance. Do you have to have a snow plow? How does that work? Yeah. So if you're going to live in the mountains, you really have to be prepared to be self-sufficient. So, you know, some really important tools that you need. Number one is a four wheeler. I know yeah. that sounds silly. <laughs> like, oh, people love to trail ride. And I actually use mine to trail ride too, but it's really critical when you're doing your outdoor, um, you know, work. So for instance, if you're snow plowing, you know, your driveway and clearing that out, which up in the mountains can be basically October through May. I mean, yeah. my poor kids last day of school wear their winter coats to okay. school, but um, you know, that's a really important tool also for just doing what we call fire mitigation up there. And uh -huh. that's really important. So we all know Colorado is really dry and up in the foothills, we just have this ever present danger of wildfire. And so you've got to be really on top of doing fire mitigation, which means clearing out all the scrub, limbing up the trees. So any low lying branches, you want to cut those so that you've got um, you're prepared in case there's any sort of ground fire. So maybe they don't run up into the trees. Um, you know, you're going to want to have a chainsaw. Um, you know, the nice part is that you don't really have to mow your lawn all that much right. often because it's not this like lush green grass that you're going to walk in barefoot it's a little bit more mountainy sure so you know you get more of your weekends back because you know you might mow your lawn like two or three times over the summer yeah nice. right so that's something to really think about folks that are thinking about moving to the mountains because in my mind right I, oh you got to maintain two acres i got to mow it every single weekend and i got to mm -hmm. deal with it every single weekend but really it might be two or three times a year i kind of have to maintain it would you agree with that yeah pretty much and depending on the slope of your property you might just be weed whacking around your house and that's what my son did last weekend for us. So, I mean, that's really kind of what you're limited to. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. And great for the kids and the dog. Mm -hmm. They can be outside. Um, what about wildlife up there? Do you ever see any wildlife? Oh, yes. Yeah, just this morning, I saw two bunnies outside our door. Oh, it was yes. cute, which I'm sure you get in town. But also, um, you know, we get bear. My dog treated a bear a couple weeks ago. And so that was quite an experience. But we get fox and deer and all sorts of wildlife. But, you know, it's something as a resident of the foothills, you have to be really responsible about. So, right. for instance, um, you know, down in town, uh, you know, it's probably pretty common the day before garbage day, you're going to leave your trash out front on the curb, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot do that in the foothills. I mean, bears will get in it. So you have to absolutely get up early and just pull it out in the morning or it's going to be all over your lawn. Um, and just, you know, be responsible when you're driving, keeping an eye out. You know, a couple weeks ago, I caught, saw a couple baby deer in my neighborhood, which is really awesome. But, you mm -hmm. know, if you were speeding by, you know, you could really have an accident. So, um, but the animals are something you have to be aware of. You know, the main predator up there is mountain lions. So mm -hmm. 
Um, I wouldn't recommend having a cat that's outdoors or a little dog unattended because, I mean, those could really be a bad situation if a mountain lion's in the area. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you have a big dog, right? You have a... Yeah, I have a lab. Yeah. lab. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. great to leave a lab outdoors, but mm-hmm. she too's must stay inside. Yes. Yeah. Well, and truthfully, when my kids go out and play, I always tell them, take the dog with you because he's yeah. a good Listen warning to- signal and uh, deterrent in case there is something nearby. Yeah. yeah. What a great yes. point. Families thinking about moving mm-hmm. up to the mountains really should have the that outdoor animal to go with them, yeah. right? Good. Yeah. And I hear from a lot of people too. They're like, oh, we're totally just going to put a fence up and we'll keep the animals up. I have seen elk <laughs> clear a fence with no problem. Like they're hopping over it. So don't think that that's going to keep animals out of your yeah. yard. Yeah. Okay. Six foot chain link fence. That's yeah. not <laughs> going to keep work. anything out, right? Yes. Yeah. You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT brought to you by Castle and Cook Mortgage. For any questions about purchasing in Colorado, give us a call 303-809-7769. Again, in the studio this morning, we've got Jackie White with Your Castle Real Estate. Jackie, if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you to learn about buying a home, learning about purchasing something in the mountains, maybe even investment properties, best phone number we could reach you at? Yeah, best number for me is 720-475-6111. That's my cell number. You can text or call me anytime. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the differences, buying a property in Denver or Aurora right in town versus purchasing something up in the foothills. So I'm selling my property here in Denver and I want to buy something up in the mountains. I call you, Jackie. I want to look at some stuff. I want some outdoor space. What are Walk me through the process. What happens next? Yeah. So, you know, the thing I tell any buyer I'm working with, whether it's up in the mountains or downtown is, you know, there's no 100% perfect house. I mean, even if you build a house, it's still going to be limited to your budget. So best we're shooting for is 80% perfect, 10% you can change, and 10% you can fix. Um, mm-hmm. Or you just have to live with. I'm sorry. So 10% you can change, 10% <laughs> you can live with. Um, up in the mountains, that's even more true. And the big thing is your land and location. So, mm. you know, are you going to have views? Um, what's the topography of your lot? If you have little kids, you know, you may not have a flat lot for them to play in, but because you're at the top of a mountain, you may have some really awesome views. So those are things that are trade-offs. Um, the other thing you have to just be aware of is up in the mountains. You kind of alluded to this earlier, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some homes have propane. They may not be on natural gas. Um, we also don't have a lot of neighborhoods that have public water and sewer. So mm-hmm. you're going to have a septic tank, something you have to maintain and, you know, take care of every few years. Um, you may be on a private well. And, you know, with a private well, no one's checking the water quality every day like a public utility would. So that's just kind of on your own. Most people do that when they buy the house to check. Mm-hmm. They don't do it regularly, right? And if we get snow, which happens in the foothills, and you know, one of the reasons I like living up there, um, but we might lose power for a couple of days. So if sure. you lose power, your well isn't going to work. You don't have water. So again, kind of back to being self-sufficient. You just want to make sure you got some extra water in hand. You have a generator. Things happen, and you can't always rely on other people to bail you out. Yeah, yeah. It's not Thanks. as simple as power goes out, and I'm yeah. just going to call Excel and gripe at them, and mm-hmm. they're going to come over and fix it because my whole you know, neighborhood is out, right? Yeah, it might yeah. be just your home and the power line is knocked out just right down the road and I might be number 5,000 on the list before yeah. they get to yeah. it. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. awesome. That's a really good checklist just because like me, I've never lived in the mountains. Oh, I just want to live in the mountains. Like I don't mm-hmm. have that checklist of things of like, are you willing to do these like 10 things before you move up there? Mm-hmm. Just like a reality check really quick yeah, and totally. making sure they're actually ready to move up to the foothills. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And it's great. You know, there's yeah. changes and I can't say that it's cons. It's just a different lifestyle and you have to be ready to adjust for that. And, but with it comes just the benefit of living in the mountains, which is really right. pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's pretty cool too. You get not as much traffic. 
Um, in Confer, there's been a lot of development. I can't even say redevelopment, but development there with the King Supers and some of the other um, commercial and residential areas there. Tell us a little bit about that. That's made it a little more, I don't know, family friendly, but a little bit more eclectic in you know the services that are available. Yeah, I mean, so, well, I guess one thing I should share is we have a term in the foothills called up the hill versus down the hill. Okay, okay. So you'll hear me say this. So, um, you know, living in the mountains, uh, if we're going to go down into Lakewood, Golden, you know, et cetera, and run some errands, everybody calls that going down the hill, uh-huh. right? But, you know, if I don't have uh, clients I'm actively working with in Denver, I find everything that I need is right in Conifer. So I don't have to go down the hill, right? Nice. Um, there's a hardware store, there's grocery stores, banks, everything that you might need. And quite honestly, I'm always on Amazon Prime. So if I can wait 48 <laughs> hours, it's coming to my front door. But, um, you know, one of the things you might adjust to is if you do want to go to some of those big box stores, you your new habit may be just clustering your errands, right? Like I'm just mm. going to have an afternoon where I'm going to go to Costco, get my car washed, run to Target and just kind of do those things because I'm not going to, you know, take five minutes and run into Target and get that one thing. I'm going to try to save my time. Um, but there's certainly plenty of conveniences up in the foothills too. So, I mean, if I'm not working with clients, I may find myself up there for, you know, several weeks in a row without going down the hill. So, yes. right. That's great. Such a great area. Lots of good wildlife close to the ski resorts. Do you see that that's a reason that a lot of people like to move to the mountains? Yeah, you know, I know people that live, again, down the hill, and um, they tell me, hey, you know, it just is one extra step for us to think about getting in the car and getting on I-70 or 285. They can see it in the distance, but when you're right in the midst of it, it's so much easier just to, you know, get outdoors, go skiing, go mountain biking, hiking. There's so many, you know, Jefferson County open space parks, state parks nearby that I find that people live in the mountains are, you know, really active. I mean, Denver as a whole and Colorado certainly is, but when you're just, you know, immersed in it, it's so easy to, you know, drop your kids off at school, go for a hike, and then go run your errands or, you know, do something outdoors. And so people are pretty fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the traffic. I know they've done a lot with widening 285. I know I-70 is pretty good on most weekdays, but can mm-hmm. be a little rough on the weekends. Do you see that a lot of your clients are working from home or are they commuting into Denver or a lot of your clients are maybe retired? How's that traffic impacted folks moving up in the foothills? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because, um, you know, if you are in the foothills, one of the things I always try to tell my clients if they're not working from home and they do have to commute is try not to get really buried. And this really uh, comes down to working with someone that knows the area and the mountains and the roads. Yeah. Um, because it may look not all that far as the crow flies, but you're going to be on these windy roads in the middle of winter or behind, you know, a group of bikers in the summer, it can really lengthen your commute. So being, you know, fairly close to a major road is important. And then you can get down in Denver pretty easily. A lot of people would be surprised, you know, that you can get to Denver, at least from my home in Conifer in 30 minutes. And, you know, I know a lot of people that live in the suburbs of Denver and it takes them at least that to get to work because it's stoplight after stoplight and just kind of gridlock traffic. So, um, you know, it really isn't that far when you think about it. Uh, The other thing is I do get a lot of people that uh, work from home. So, you know, one of the top questions I get when working with buyers is, you know, does it have good internet service? Um, what's the cell service like? And then the the other most common question I have is, can I park my camper there? I mean, is there right. a flat spot yeah. for that? But those are what people are looking for. Like, can I stay up here and work? And can I get outdoors? Do I have a means to park my camper? Yeah. Nice. Now, let me ask you about that. The internet and cell phone service. I came up and did a property tour with you a while ago. And mm-hmm. that question came up from several people. And it really surprised me because I don't spend a ton of time up there. Is that a legit concern? There's certain places that they don't have good internet service, don't have good cell service in the mountains. Yeah. So there's certain spaces that, you know, even just me driving around, I'm like, okay, if I hit this one road and I'm going to drop someone. So I may not make that phone call till I get to the other side. But yeah, it's certainly something you have to think about. Um, I think it's gotten 
extremely better in the last 10 years. Um, they've put a lot of cell phone towers up and also ones that are disguised to look like trees. So you really, it blends into the scenery, yeah. um, but you are given that, you know, modern convenience. Right. Yeah. You have to watch out for that. And that's Catherine. That's something you and I do. Anytime we look at new office space or whatever, yep. I go calls, in, call from all over the place. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Is this better? And yep. then we choose our office that way. That's yep. exactly yeah. right. Now, Jackie, if anybody wants to get in touch with you to learn more about buying a property, selling a property, best phone number we could reach you at. Yeah, 720-475-6111, which is my cell phone. Happy to take your text or call anytime. You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT, brought to you by Castle and Cook Mortgage. For questions about purchasing in Colorado, give us a call, 303-809-7769. All right, so we talked about some of the pros and cons. Um, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the process. So you mentioned earlier we need to be aware of propane, natural gas, cell phone service, internet service. Um, what about if I'm buying a property, do we have to do anything special with the well? Properties on a well, is it just like regular property I'm buying in Denver? Not regular, but you know, the title company just handles transferring that or are there additional steps we have to go through? Well, you know, when you're under contract and, and looking at the home, and actually even when you're just searching, you have to think about what you need the water for. So yeah. are you just doing a household well? So you're just going to use it for, you know, grocery or um, doing your laundry, you know, everyday use inside the home? Or do you need a domestic well, which is what's going to be um, something that you could use outside? Mm -hmm. And that's really important if people have animals. Um, so that's something you have to look for because the home that you may look at that you want to have a horse on may only have a household well and you can't use the water outside. And so that might mean that maybe the house is perfect for you, but you're going to have to truck in water. And so you'll just have to have some sort of means to, you know, keep that contained. Um, you know, those are things you have to look at. The title company will transfer the well at closing. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're under contract and doing your inspection, it's really important to do a water quality test. Uh, make sure that the water's clean and potable. And then also, how is the well producing? I mean, how many gallons yeah. a minute are you getting? Because you want to make sure if you've got demand, let's say a couple people are in the shower and the washing machine's running, are you going to run out? You certainly right. don't want that to happen. Yeah. I think that's such a critical piece that, again, in Denver, Aurora, Westminster, we forget, yeah. right? You just expect you're going to start to turn, turn on the knob and the water just sign. comes out. Exactly. But you do have to think about that. And I really like that's uh, another important point about why you want to have an expert in the mountains, household versus domestic well. I didn't even know that. And mm -hmm. I'd no. like to think that I know a lot about real estate. <laughs> yeah. um, so really an important point. Now, what about waste? So septic, sewer, how does that work up there? Yeah. So in most homes, uh, you've got a septic tank and that ca captures all of your waste. And then there's a leach field. And so the liquids seep through the leach field into the yard. Mm -hmm. um, usually, you know, it's there because it's the greenest part of your yard. Yep. <laughs> it's the most fertilized. Um, but it's something that you just have to have your tank um, you know, empty it every couple of years, just with regular use. But at the point in which you're buying the home, the septic system needs to be pumped and inspected. Um, and that means that the county is going to provide a use permit so that they know that it's operable and it's just a public health issue. Yep. So that's something that, um, you know, someone that's working with a buyer's agent and looking up in the foothills, you want to make sure that that's happening uh, as part of your process so that you know you're getting something that is operable because it can be very expensive to replace, I mean, talking about maybe $30,000, $35,000 if the system fails. Yeah, yeah. And I think every client should do an inspection on that. And the county requires it in order mm -hmm. to transfer it. Um, but we've had some horror stories. Had one recently that, uh, you know, an agent from down the hill was listing <laughs> a property up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And we go through all of our due diligence. We had the loan approved. Buyer was very excited to buy the home. We get a week before closing and the title company reached out and said, hey, do you have the septic uh, inspection certificate and the poor agent will know what's that? Why do mm -hmm. I need that? 
And it ended up delaying the closing by about three weeks because come to find out it was not in good condition. They had to make repairs to it. They had to go through some extra steps. And it was a cost that the seller had not prepared for. Um, but it didn't matter whether they were selling the property to our buyer or any other buyer. They had to make those repairs in order to meet the county minimums. Um, and it took you know another two or three weeks that really stressed everyone out. And I think that's why it's so important to have an expert in that area that understands these are the steps we've got to take. We're under contract. We've got to start on these steps today, not waiting until right before the closing. Yeah. And you know, anytime I sit down with someone who even has an inkling of moving, I tell them, listen, before you do anything else, make sure you have your septic system pumped and inspected. We can always extend the permit out with the county. Right. But if you find this out a week before closing, boy, that's an expense that you may not be prepared for, like you said. And the timeline can really blow up the contract. Right. Nice. Right. And it's one of those ones that once you're under contract, the seller's committed that they're going to do it. Oh, yeah. Right. It already is set. It's in the contract. It says you have to do it. You don't have an opportunity to say no at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can't change your mind. Well, maybe I'll move next year once I save up the no. money. You know? Yeah, it's too late. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, tell me just a little bit about some of your experience in investing. Have you found that investment properties have been a good buy in the mountains at all? Honestly, I haven't done any investment properties up there. Yeah. Um, I do have one property that's under contract right now that's a great opportunity for a flipper. Um, and we do have it under contract with someone that's going to live in the home and gain a ton of equity. But truthfully, as far as the economics go with rentals, they just don't work up there. Yeah. Um, just the cost of the property and you know the maintenance that's required, it just doesn't make sense. All day long, you know, Aurora, Thornton, you know, Westminster, down in Denver is really where um, the best you know rental options are. I can't tell you that there's zero up in the foothills, but they're far more plentiful plentiful in Denver. Yeah, I would say any that are in the foothills that are rentals, probably the landlord is not really making a lot of money. Would you agree, Catherine? Yeah, like, I mean, maybe making a few bucks or just um, cutting it even, like just clear, free and clear, like not making a couple hundred bucks like in Denver like you would. So Yeah, and maybe they're just an accidental landlord. Yeah. They decided yeah. to hang on to the property sure. and they bought a new house and they thought it would be a good investment. So Yeah, yeah, yeah don't see it a lot. Um, doesn't mean it's not available, but really I would say think about why you're buying the property. If you're buying it for cash flow, uh, you buy a $600,000 home in the mountains and it's going to rent for 2500 bucks. you might be better off buying three $200,000 properties in Aurora. Would you oh, agree absolutely. with that? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as we're getting closer to the end of the show here. Um, Jackie, I'd like to give you, kind of put you on the spot. What would you say are the three most important things? If I'm buying in the mountains, three most important things that I need to be aware of before buying that property. Um, do I need a wish list? Do I need to watch out for any hiccups? Three most important tips you would give us. Yeah. So the septic is a big thing because that can be pretty costly. Yep. Um, I think you really need to think hard about location and where you're going to commute and what that looks like. Um, like we talked about, some roads may not look like they're all that far, but um, they can be pretty windy. And then also, are they paved and county yeah. maintained? I mean, what if it's a dirt road and you're off of an easement? Who's going to take care of that? You know, sometimes I hear, oh, you know, Joe down the road, he's got a plow truck. He gets up early and he takes care of it. Well, what if Joe moves? I and mean, who's right. going to take care of that, right? Right. Um, so that's really important. And, um, you know, you just have to think about... Um, why you want to live up in the mountains. If you're coming from Denver, it's, it's a great place to live. It's just that there's differences. And so you just have to be prepared for that. Not everybody is ready for it. Yeah. Same yes. thing. If I'm moving downtown from the mountains, maybe I don't want to, right? Maybe mm -hmm. I don't want to hear the cars and the horns and everything that goes on downtown, vice versa. If I'm moving up to the mountains, am I going to be able to tolerate that it's super quiet? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you sleep really well at yeah. night, but I have to say that, um, you know, it's a great community. It does give you that kind of small town feel. Um, you, I go to the grocery store. I 
I run into people all the time. I mean, I just can't avoid it, right? Yeah. Um, but it's good because people kind of look out for each other too. Nice. Very cool. Now, I want to talk one more thing about the roads. Do you recommend that your buyers um, make like a test drive from the property? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I tell people, hey, do a drive-by, drive by the house, make sure you're okay with it. And you know, what's really critical living up in the mountains too is you got to have four-wheel drive. I mean, yeah. you just got to be prepared because anything can happen in the wintertime and you just don't want to be stuck, you know? So four-wheel drive is certainly a must. Yep. I think you're exactly That's right. Fair. One thing I learned when I bought my first property is my real estate agent said, hey, I want you to get up early, early in the morning, get cleaned up, go to go to the property and leave the property at the time you would normally leave for work and see what that drive is like. You know, now you might have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, drive up to the mountains, mm-hmm. hang out in front of the property, then leave at seven o'clock like normal. But I thought that was a really valuable piece of advice to see what is this commute going to be like from this property? And do I want to do that every day? Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. And the, the other thing you got to think about, too, is on the weekends, people are going up to the mountains, right? So that's they're right. heading up to go camping. So if you get out of work at five o'clock, so is everybody else with their campers and you know their toys and ATVs that they're going to take up the hill. So just be ready that you might have a little bit longer commute on those days. Yeah, yeah. might be another important point do the commute in reverse right from work to the new house make sure you really can can tolerate that yeah yeah i mean it's good to do it in person too not just like google map oh it's like 30 minutes okay but mm-hmm. like actually going through the 30 minute or 45 minute drive like can you do this every day so that's really good yeah, yeah. i think that's a good point everything looks close yeah, on google maps sure. right right down <laughs> the street <laughs> just yeah. around the corner yeah <laughs> absolutely nice. now jackie if anybody wants to get in touch with you to learn more about the mountains maybe even learn about investing down here in denver best phone number we can reach you at yeah my cell phone is 720 475 6111. All right. Now, Catherine, I think we have a great event of the weekend going on in Arvada, right? Yeah, it's a fun event in Arvada. They have a little event every second Saturday um, during the summer. So this weekend, um, that's going on right now from 4.30 to, or not right now, later today. This afternoon. um, 4.30 to 9.30. It's Funk You Up. So funky, funky music, 70s, dress up, afros, free, it's like free events for the kids, food, music. So just a nice, fun, free event in Arvada. Sounds like a lot of fun. Definitely make sure you get out there and check that out. As we're wrapping up here, Jackie, again, thank you so much for being in the show or on the show with us today. Really enjoyed having you in the studio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, always fun. Sure appreciate it. Folks, if you have any questions about buying a home, refinancing a property, we would love to chat with you. You can reach us here at Castle and Cook Mortgage at 303-809-7769. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690. I'm Joe Massey, along with my co-host, Catherine Gutierrez. Have a great weekend, and we'll look forward to joining you next Saturday at 11 a.m.